thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey guys, this is Adrian, host of CX Chronicles Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in each and every week, listening and learning to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world. I wanted to take a minute to give a quick shout out on some of the things that we're working on here at CXC. Number one, CX scorecards. Take a minute to check out the CX scorecard and see how your business and team is stacking up to others. Number two, CX Accelerators. We are spending time with incredible startups and scale-ups across the country, helping them optimize their CX and offering them a number of different CX managed services. Number three, CX Boot Camps. If you're looking for a way to become CXC certified and level up your game, ask us about our boot camps. You get access to a live coach on a weekly basis, and we will build your game plan for building your customer-focused playbook for success. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adrian brady Chisana. So, guys, I'm super excited for today's show. Uh, Nathan Foy is joining us, and Nathan has an awesome business called Fortis that he's going to share with the CX Nation today. Nathan, why don't you uh, start off today's episode like we start off all of these shows. Give the CX Nation uh, your, your, your couple-minute elevator pitch in terms of who you are and how you started to, 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 to build a company like Fortis where you are today. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the uh, intro, Adrian. Uh, so Fortis is secure private travel for the world's most discerning travelers. So uh, our typical client is someone that is uh, a C-suite executive that has his or her own private jet and is traveling enough that the difference between good and even mediocre in maybe a second tier market like Nice, France would be noticeable to them. Um, and so what we do is we arrange chauffeurs, we train them into our brand standards, we supplement that with security services and oversight, and then we have our own technology, uh, secure communications platform that connects all of the different parties to the trip. Uh, and we do that with offices in South Carolina, and then we have an office in Hong Kong. So that's how we do the, uh, the 24-7 service. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta start off and I gotta ask Nathan, how, how in God's name did you find, first of all, super cool business, super cool space. How did you find this? How did you get into this whole world of, you know, helping not only folks move around the world and travel, but like, let's call it what it is. Some of the, some of the, some of the wealthiest, most powerful individuals in the world. How did you get into the space, man? Yeah, great question. So failed into it is the short answer. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I like the, original, <laughs> the original idea, Adrian, was a prepaid taxi cab card for college students. And this was in 2000. I was 22 years old. I went to college in Atlanta and I thought, you know, if parents could put a balance in a card and kids could get around their, their local town, uh, it could be a safer option. And this was kind of in the era when 
you know, prepaid phone cards and prepaid dining cards and all these things were, were kind of the rage, especially for young people. So I raised some money from some friends and family. We built a network of taxi companies up and down the East Coast, mainly in university cities. Uh, and then we launched it when parents were moving their kids into school in 01. And it was going okay, uh, reasonably well. And then 9-11 happened. And parents stopped traveling. We did a lot of direct mail. Uh, the mail rates response went to basically zero because of the anthrax scare, if you remember. Um, and so uh, we pivoted and I started selling those cards to companies. Uh, and this is right. This is like early 2002. Now, TSA had just started up and there were a lot of people that were wealthier clients that were moving into chartering aircraft because they just didn't like the new security protocols and they didn't have anybody to pick them up. And they said, well, we want black cars, chauffeured cars rather than taxis. And that's that's basically how we got into it. And that was early 2002. And more or less, the security angle has been added since then. But more or less, that's been uh, our bread and butter for the last 20 years. That's awesome. So I think, number one, I, I, I just I love hearing how people are able to sort of take these different twists and these different turns and take sometimes just take what the universe and the world's kind of uh, thrown at you or what a given market is thrown at you and just change it, right? Tweak it, uh, edit it, revise it, give, put a different type of spin on it that makes it something totally different, totally, totally new. And then you still kind of satisfy the entrepreneurial um, itch or, or, or draw that pulls you to that place or that space in the first place. So that's pretty awesome, Nate. Um, I, well, I'd love to... I'd love to jump into the the first CX pillar of team. Let's let's talk about the team that you built at, at, at Fortis, Nathan. Give us a sense for, you know, how number one, how the business, how you pulled together your team. Number one, and then number two, give mm -hmm. us a sense for some of the folks that are working inside of your business today. Sure. So uh, we have an operations staff that's twenty four seven. Uh, and so we have a list that we've developed over these twenty years of. Uh, key qualities of a successful Fortis team member. Uh, and so if you were to, to tell me, hey, Nathan, I've got a great person to work at Fortis, what I would do is I would send you this list of 10 uh, qualities. Nobody has all 10. I don't have all 10. Um, but if somebody has five or six and we ask for evidence, not just, yeah, this person like loves to travel is one of them, just to give an example. Um, what's the evidence that this person loves to travel? You know, this person booked their own solo trip to Japan to do a sushi tour and they cataloged it and they blogged about it. They got a ton of likes and followers. That's actually the bio of one of our people in Hong Kong, for instance. Um, but that, that process kind of is a really good first screen for us. Uh, then we do a lot of testing. Uh, that's again, I would say it's a witness. It's not enough to convict, but it's, it's enough to probe during the phone and in-person interview. Uh, and then we do a phone and in-person interview. So, you know, people laugh sometimes, uh, because I am in, uh, every interview that we do, and they're usually at least a half a day, and this will be entry-level operations. And uh, the thing is, is that between both offices, we've got about 23, 24 people because we're not high volume. We're more bespoke. Uh, and so the quality of the person really matters to us. That makes a ton of sense. I think when you are, you know, catering to a specific tranche of clientele that has super high expectations, 
talk about tons of travel experience in general, right? They've been all over the world doing doing business, running their businesses, um, doing whatever it is that their trade or their craft, you know, requires. Um, when you're building a team or support staff to cater to that crowd, Nathan, I, I, I got to imagine it, you need to, to, to be super careful and very, very uh, deliberate with which types of individuals, what types of personalities, what types of backgrounds, you're going to bring into your team. It makes a ton of sense to me. Um, the other thing is this. I love the idea of uh, the well-traveled uh, part. I have to ask you, Nathan, since you've been building Fortis, you must have been able to go all over the world. What are some of the favorite places that you've gotten to travel because of because of the business that you've built and the clientele that you work with? Yeah, so I, I love Asia. Uh, I've spent a fair amount of time uh, in the Hong Kong office setting that up and building that team. Um, there reached a point several years ago where my COO, he preferred to travel to Europe. And then uh, I took more of the Asia, you know, kind of route. And so we kind of split the world in half that way. Um, I also love for my money, the, uh, the best part of Europe is basically the, the horseshoe. If you go from Barcelona up into the South of France and down Italy. Um, I love, I love all of that area. I can always go there. That's awesome. And I completely agree. I think Italy is one of my absolute favorite places uh, <laughs> on the planet. And I imagine you yeah. have a lot of clientele that are coming and going both for business and pleasure from, from that from that area of the world for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tons. Um, Nathan, I'd love to ask. So as the business grew and as the business expanded and as you started working with more and more clients across the world, what were some of the big challenges that, that, that popped up as you were building out your team and finding these awesome people to help you take on more of the growth and more of the demand that you were seeing? Yeah. So one huge challenge was just uh, basically when the real estate bust happened, uh, which was particularly hard for our clients, uh, because as you may remember, you know, the auto executives went to Capitol Hill and asked for bailout money, uh, having taken a private jet to ask for taxpayer money. Uh, this is in 2008, 2009. So private aviation yep. during that era contracted about 35%. Basically, everybody that had their own private plane was hiding it. Um, and so during that time, we said, all right, what's it going to look like when things come back? And prior to that, we had mainly been doing U.S. and Western Europe uh, travel. And we used that slower time to build out the international network. Um, and we were able to get our hands on some information about the most frequented private jet destinations uh, all around the world and basically build the network accordingly uh, due, to that, due to that network list. Um, so with that, then we married it to um, you know, the team building. And probably the biggest thing on that was the creation of the Hong Kong office. Um, third shift on the East Coast, you can have a very great person that's going to work overnight. Our experience, even if they're paid well and they have a cool job and, and all of that, uh, probably a year or two in, they're going to want to see the sun and not work third shift anymore. Yep. Um, and so uh, we were fortunate to have our, our last person that was doing that here had married a girl from China and he wanted to move over to that part of the world. And so I showed him Hong Kong. He'd never been there. His wife was from Shanghai, so she had never been to Hong Kong. And um, the crazy thing, Adrian, is that they, they went native. Uh, they didn't just like it. They, didn't, they never even had culture shock. And within about six months of him being over there, he said, you know, I don't think I'll ever 
you know, come back to work in the U.S. I love it over here so much. So that quality of person that's English speaking, that can speak Chinese, that can deploy all over Asia, um, that was a huge, uh, huge recruiting tool for us and really has been since. We still send people to Hong Kong uh, and vice versa to cross pollinate. And, and that's a really fun thing for our team. That's awesome. I mean, su- su- again, super cool in terms of just being able to work with the group of people that um, the idea of traveling across the planet, the idea of experiencing new cultures, meeting new people, having different foods, listening to different languages, super, super cool, Nathan. It's just, it's one, you know, I'm always listening for how some of these different business founders and executives, what really drew them to the space. And in this, and in this specific example, man, I'm, I'm frankly a little bit jealous. I think like just, just being able to convert your ability to build a business, build a team, build a space that's number one, highly in demand, but the number two allows you to, to really kind of have the super cool um, transient, you know, travel infused type of lifestyle. Really, really awesome, man. I think, I think you picked a hell of a space to be able to build a business. Well, thank you. I, uh, it's easy to be humble about it because uh, the original idea didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 as we were joking about the other day, Nathan, this is this is another thing for our listeners to think about, right? Is like you don't know where these things are going to bring you, especially folks that are building startups and scallops and they're trying to grow businesses and they're trying to figure out how to get the bonfire started. Like you do not know where some of these journeys are going to take you, and that's why it's just so critical to start somewhere, right? Just start somewhere, get it started, start working with different customers, start working with different potential teammates. And then naturally the universe starts throwing these things at you guys, right? There's just these things that come at you that if you, if you're, if you're listening to them, if you're paying attention to what's coming at you, you you start kind of taking chops at those things and you're going to make some progress over time. So I I think, I think it's, it's, it's great to call that out. Nathan, I'd love to talk a little bit about the second CX pillar of tools. Um, I got to imagine, number one, I know from from personal experience, running businesses that are in several different countries, speaking several languages with all kinds of people is hard. I imagine that you guys had to invest early in technology and tools and systems to allow Fortis to grow. Can you spend a couple of minutes talking about some of the things that you and your team have learned around um, how you've had to think about tools as the business has grown? Sure. Uh, so the, the the biggest tool that we needed early in, in our development was software. Uh, and so the two main innovations on that, uh, we built our own proprietary system that is uh, uh, cloud-based. So it runs in Hong Kong, basically the same speed it runs in the U.S. Uh, that was in 2012. And that was huge for us. Uh, the the savings that we had in pricing accuracy alone uh, paid for the development of that software within six months. Wow! So that was uh, that was huge. And you know, I mean, you can imagine you've got twenty four seven. You got operations, and people are booking rides in Russia and Italy and different countries. And the the I mean, something as simple as there would be a little fluctuation in the exchange rate. And so maybe you call me for a pickup in Rome and then you call me two days later for the return and the price is like $5 different. And it just seems strange. It's like, why, why is the price different by $5? Um, like our, our, our software corrected that just to give one tangible example of that. Um, and then coming out of that software uh, starting in about 2014 is when we developed that uh, secure communications platform. So that basically said, you know, 
if you if you fly a private jet to Morocco and you land and you need an extra vehicle for luggage, this is a common thing that happens. Uh, you know, there is this huge chain of a person in Morocco talking to the chief pilot, the chief pilot calling back to the flight department, the flight department trying to call the provider, and then the provider calling uh, the local Moroccan company to have a second vehicle come out. Um, what we did is basically created a closed loop system where everybody can private chat and just say extra cars needed. Okay, it's on the way. We'll be there in 15 minutes. Go ahead and send the first. And it's literally just as easy as you know a group chat with friends. That's huge. That's su- su- number one, just simple is always better. Number two, I got to imagine early on, did you guys have any struggles with dealing with, I'm thinking about in my, some of my own personal traveling experiences and maybe, maybe, maybe the, uh, the ultra wealthy don't necessarily have this problem, but like um, even connectivity, right. With your devices or, 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 or your, or your mobile phones, that was, that was, you know, I, I know now it's, it's a lot easier, but was that one of the reasons that it got you um, thinking about how you could build some of these tools internally to be able to keep communications on par because of that challenge? Or was it was it just more about packaging the experience and giving your clientele um, a safe, protected, managed space that everyone could communicate inside of together? So on the client-facing side, it was a value add to the clients. And we would show this to clients. I mean, still... To this day, even though these apps, the oldest ones were you know, released seven years ago, uh, it's still cutting edge among our clients and they still you know, are actively using them. The biggest productivity gain on the app side came actually in the chauffeur app. Um, so around 2014, Uber's been great for us, by the way, Adrian, because Uber busted up the firmament and a lot of really good chauffeurs around the world. Um, and so they didn't have to be captive to an affiliate company, like a brick and mortar shop with a fleet. They could just have their own S class or their own SUV and their own insurance. And they do their own work. And our chauffeur app basically allows them to dispatch themselves. So we've got trackability on it. They can click when they're in different locations or if they need something, they have a voice memo capability to give us Intel on the, the principle so we can adjust his service requirements for the next trip. Uh, that's, that's been a huge gain for us. That's huge, Nathan. That's huge. I think, um, number one, it's, it's any, anybody building a business or building a team or, or, or really trying to scale or, 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 or fan the flames of, you know, pushing the hyper growth part of growing a business technology is a big part of it. Right. And it sounds like you guys figured out early on what mattered to not only your clients, but what mattered to your team, right? And it sounds like that's really mm-hmm. kind of how you help to prioritize where to spend those investment dollars on technology, where to really kind of prioritize what needed to be built first. And it sounds like it made a huge difference for, 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 for your clients and your team early on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing the team loves about it is on the, the client experience side of things, they they're not a call center. They're not doing repetitive work that is, okay, I do the same cut and paste all the time. The technology fuels that so that they're freed up for more higher level thought to really make something a truly uh, elite experience for a client when they're traveling to a, to a certain location. And that's just a lot more gratifying to make a career out of, um, you know, than the call center model. Totally agree. Totally agree. Nathan, I'd love to to kind of shift gears for a second and 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 talk about the third 
CX pillar of process. Um, couple things. Number one is the team grew, I'm sure, with every travel and with every, with every client project and with every new country and with every new, I, again, I, I can hear the theme here where you guys, as you were growing, there kept being more new things that you learned, more new plays that you mastered, more new best practices to do it even better the next time around. Can you spend a couple minutes talking about process and Spend some time thinking about how you and your team at Fortis had to go about documenting these processes, socializing them with the team, and then more importantly, leveraging some of the things that you were learning from your customers to make sure that internally you had a playbook for success. So, so the process cataloging was uh, was largely my COO Matt Lawrence. He's he's done that, and then he has. Uh, operations meetings usually once or twice a month still. Uh, and that is something everybody attends, even if you're not operations, just to go over, you know, these are new best practices. These are things that we've sloughed off. Um, but to be uh, candid, I think the, the biggest breakthrough was actually probably only in the last three years or so, uh, which is that we adopted, you know, from good to great, Jim Collins's book. Uh, he did a flywheel monograph uh, basically a breakout small book about how to make the flywheel even better. And we took that and then we applied that to all of our processes. And that was a game changer for us because we had a unified way of just saying, there's lots of good ideas we shouldn't do. Uh, and if this is flywheel, make a case that it enhances the flywheel. And if it's not, then let's just forget about it and, you know, get to it when it fits that model. But that was the, for our leadership team, that was the first time that we had a coherent way to think the same about new processes that were introduced. I love that. I think it's number one uh, for folks that aren't super familiar with like the flywheel effect, but it's really about just um, rapidly taking the things that you're learning from your customers, from your team, from the day-to-day -day customer operations baking it into what's going to happen next, what's going to be prioritized next, what's going to be invested in next, and really almost keeping a circular motion in play around how you are. And, 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 and Nathan, feel free to add to this, my friend, but like, it's really a phenomenal way of uh, constantly making sure that there's continuous improvement happening inside of your business. And then more importantly, I would say taking the learnings and taking the findings and in real time while you're flying the, the, the plane in the air, you're, you're fixing stuff, you're changing things, you're optimizing, you're course correcting. I think lots of businesses that, that, that have really spent time thinking about the flywheel effect, they've done some phenomenal things with being able to accelerate their businesses. Yes, it's, it's been, uh, it, it literally was a, a eureka moment because we did a collaboration probably two years ago and we'd been in business 18 years at that time and we really uncovered two steps in our flywheel that made it self-perpetuate that had always been kind of before us, but we didn't really just know, okay, this is how this works. And this is how we can scale this. Uh, and, you know, probably a lot of other listeners do that before their 18th year, but that's how long it took us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny though. I think a couple of things, Jim Collins is obviously just a business um, 
you know, mogul. So many people have learned from, from, from Jim Collins and all of the work that he and his team have done over the years. But it's funny. I think for our startup, for our startup listeners, Nathan, it's, it's this, this idea of like the, the agile design or the agile uh, improvement approach, right? It's this idea of taking, taking almost like a circular effect where you and your team and your customers, if possible, are just constantly cranking on that wheel to figure out what areas of high impact but low investment and low hanging fruit guys, things that like aren't going to break the bank, aren't going to have to go out and completely redo your budget, aren't going to have to go out and hire the next 10 all-stars to make it happen, but rather stuff that's like sitting right in your control and in your team's lap today that can make a substantial improvement to the business. And I think you're right, Nathan, more and more entrepreneurs, I think in the startup world, it's become popular almost to use that flywheel effect just to see what to bring to market, right? It's like, it's almost like if you're listening and learning rapidly early on, you can start to hear what might have the highest impact or the, or, or the, the, the most response or the most positive response from a given potential market. And I think it's awesome that you're, you're calling this out and reminding folks to, to think about what their flywheel looks like inside of their own business and their own team. Absolutely. And, and one great effect of that too, for us, Adrian, was I think a lot of people had wondered over the years, well, how does Nathan determine, you know, oh, we're doing security now, or we're doing this other offering, we're going more international. And this was the first time it kind of demystified uh, the decision-making process of what we implement and why to the team. And the number of team-based ideas or team-generated ideas really started to mushroom after that. That's super cool, Nathan, super cool. And I, I love that you brought this up. Nathan, I'd love to spend some time um, talking with you about the fourth CX pillar of feedback. This one was interesting because, guys, Nathan and I were chatting last week preparing for today's show. And one of the things that I, I talked with them about was one of the businesses that I had uh, the pleasure of working at in New York City, One Fine Stay. We were working with a similar crowd where we had um, hosts and guests that had very high expectations. They had absolutely gorgeous properties across the across the world. And we were helping them rent these homes, like a white glove Airbnb type of company. And Nathan and I were joking around about, you know, taking feedback from this crowd and being able to use it. It's one of the, it's one of the most imperative ways of keeping these folks business and, and, and making sure that there's repeat gigs and repeat, repeat buys in the future. Nathan, I'd love for you to spend a couple minutes talking about how you and your team over the years, how have you leveraged some of the customer feedback that you've, that you've been given during some of the services you provided? And how have you leveraged some of the employee feedback? Sure, so uh, on, the, on the client feedback side, uh, you know, I, I think a real moment for us was in 2015, uh, you know, we're, we're the highest end in what we do, the, the highest cost probably by 10, 15, 20%. Uh, and you know, along with that, um, we're the highest service. Uh, and so we had had this great track record of people using us and understanding what they got for the money and being happy with our pricing, even as pricing increased and offerings and services increased over the years. And then in 2015, uh, there was a couple of cracks in that. We had a couple of clients leave us. Now, they were all in the fossil fuel uh, industry, which was getting hard hit back then. Um, but we leaned into it and we asked a lot of questions about well, you know what we offer, you know how it works, why are you leaving? And the, the thing that came back as a feedback was um, basically the principal just doesn't understand why it costs so much. 
And uh, what we did is we took everything that we do uh, and basically gave everybody on flight departments, frontline workers for our clients, a couple of talking points about how we're more secure, because we found that was the thing that most quickly resonated with, oh, okay, these chauffeurs are more vetted. There's real-time information on background checks. Uh, you really get to know them. There's GPS tracking of vehicles, those kinds of things. And uh, that was a game changer for us. And within about a year, we had gone from, uh, with one particular large client, less than 50% of our quotes being accepted to 80% or so. And the price objection wow. really died out. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, I think, I think that number one, that makes a ton of sense to me. I think that, you know, if your value, um, if your value differentiators and then just general expectation setting isn't super, super crisp and super clear for whatever your company's ICP might look like, right? Whatever your ideal customer profile looks like, then you're already starting a little bit behind. And I think it sounds like you guys were able to almost like reset that, listen, learn, understand how to bring it right back to the next quote or right back to the next opportunity or at bat with your next potential client and make sure that you were cleaning it up and, and essentially smoothing it again on the fly as you were building, as you were going. That's huge, Nathan. I think it's really, really important for some of our listeners today to, 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 to remember like that's one of the biggest, easiest ways that you can constantly be getting better each and every week, each and every month and each and every quarter. It's a simple way of doing it. I think the other thing too is you already said this, Nathan, but this is where you're going to hear future product and service extension offerings, right? This is like you're maybe, maybe on Nathan, your example, right? There's some of the folks that maybe moved onwards. Maybe they say something or maybe they flag something that was never even talked about internally before as an opportunity to offer your, your customer base. So I think that's huge. And I think it's, it's great that you guys were doing that early on. Yes, I totally agree. In fact, one of our, one of our, core values is welcoming challenges. And one of the things I tell our team is, is that, uh, you know, I don't see welcoming challenges coexisting with cynicism. And so, you know, sometimes it's easy to be cynical about, well, this guy's leaving overpriced, but he's got his own private jet. But if we had done that, we wouldn't have gotten to the root of the issue and been able to introduce the security sale that we call uh, and, and have success with that. So yeah, it's, it's much better I think to welcome challenges and distill the commonalities to spin up new offerings than to, you know, create it in a lab that you're isolated in and hope it works. Big time. Couldn't agree more. What about the employee side? Nathan, you guys have built this huge, awesome team over at Fortis. What are a couple of the ideas or a couple of the lessons that you've learned along your journey around ways that you can listen to the team and listen to your employee base to get some incredible ideas for how you can continue to improve? Uh, sure. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, once they're on the team, uh, our philosophy is, is that the leadership team needs to treat them in the way that we want them to treat our clients. Uh, so we have a caring team that's kind of a first responder for team needs, personal or otherwise. This this is actually not just for the team member. It's also for their immediate families. Okay. So some people have, uh, you know, made use of that for, for others. Um, but there's things that people encounter that I think, you know, they have a need and they may not want to mention it to the person that they report to, but they have something going on. Uh, so we had that. Um, we have uh, a chaplain, again, private conversations people can have and uh, get counsel on. That's been very, very successful. 
we have a little bit of a down season uh, within uh, July and August because most of, most of the people that are our clients will camp out of the vacation home during that time. Okay. And uh, so what we started doing, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago is just doing activity days. And so somebody from leadership team will grab two or three team members and we might go whitewater rafting. We might go for a hike. It's a full day with no agenda other than hanging out. Uh, and we are fortunate to be very close to the mountains here. So you can usually get about 10 degrees cooler and go do something fun. But the amount of connection that we've had through that with just, you know, by the third mile of a hike, this guy's telling you what's really on his mind, yeah. you know, and you yeah. really get to know somebody. Right. Uh, that's been invaluable for us. I, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy you brought that up because I think you're spot on, Nathan. It's like, especially right now, man, right? Like, especially with right now with everybody kind of being in this weird hybrid state, right? Some people are back and, and, they're, and they're doing their physical work and they're in the offices, they're working with the team. A lot of other people are still sitting in their home offices doing the remote Zoom game. Um, and then some people are in the middle, right? They got a couple of days where they're doing the physical, a couple of days where they're doing the remote. And I think you just nailed it, which is regardless of which position you're in, uh, today, that notion of community and that notion of getting time to hang out with your team, break bread with your team, have a beer with your team, go on a hike with your team, that's still super, super important, man. And I think that business leaders today more than ever need to be thinking creatively about this. There is essentially, you know, there is, I just saw this crazy statistic the other day, Nathan, 40% of people out there right now who are employed are wide open to going to look for other working opportunities. And if you are a business executive or if you are a business owner that isn't taking the time to think about how you can do some of that employee experience and that employee engagement work, it's going to be interesting to see what your staff retention looks like over these next couple of quarters because people are ready for a change and people want to work for companies that have not only the respect for them, but they think about stuff like this, right? Most of us spend the bulk of our lives at work with our teammates, right? So like to have relationships and to have some real downtime where it's not just work, but rather, you know, Nathan and the team getting to hang out or getting to know your teammate or getting to learn about their family or where they came from. It's super, super important guys. So I love that you brought that up. And I think it's awesome that you guys are doing that type of stuff today at, at Fortis. Yes, it's been, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, we, we have a, a rooftop lounge basically on top of our headquarters and there's a condo building that's next door and we hang out so many times uh, during, you know, the, the course of business that I think somebody thought that we were a nightclub because there's so many people that were up on the roof at night and we had to tell them, no, that's, that's not our core business. That's just, that's just our work happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Nathan, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm so, so excited that you were able to come on the show, talk with the CX Nation. Before we wrap up, my friend, um, I want any advice or tips for young upcoming uh, business leaders and startup founders based off of what you learned from your own personal journey, would there be one or two things that you would call out that you'd want younger folks to think about who are trying to build their own companies, build their own teams, build their own brands, and really kind of build their own stories? So I think the, the biggest thing I would say is, uh, is basically what I, I wrote my book about, which is uh, coming out in September. It's called What Rich clients won't, but won't tell you. Uh, <laughs> and, that's awesome. And the thing that's really in there is I think over 20 years plus of doing this, uh, we've deconstructed a way, a progression, really, of five different steps of service 
that I think ascend you to basically elite service, highest premium pricing, and the greatest degree of loyalty. Uh, and I think whether somebody is actually serving billionaire clients, uh, or even if they just want to aspire to do that, or just have the kind of service that could do that, um, I think it's it's a good replicable model for uh, for for the steps involved with doing that. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Nate, this has been an absolute pleasure. Anything else that you'd like to pitch for the CX Nation about upcoming events? Also, where can they find your book, sir? And where can they find out more about Fortis? Sure. So our, our homepage is uh, Fortis.co. And, uh, you know, it's got a, the ability to register for a test drive if somebody wants to use us. Uh, as you and I were discussing, you know, uh, not everybody is uh, is in this category, but our core client is somebody that typically is, 600 million net worth and and has a their own private jet that's you know a higher end uh six thousand dollar an hour or more charter rate private jet um we've got plenty of people that are not in that category that use us but if somebody's just wondering thin slice is this for me or not uh that's a pretty good guide uh and then the book is available what rich clients uh want on amazon uh the kindle paperback hardback all comes out end of september Love it. Well, look, Nathan Foy, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining CX Chronicles. We're going to look forward to seeing what you and the Fortis team do in the future. It's been our pleasure having you on the show, my friend. Great to be with you. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.